This is reposted. Hello, and welcome to Reposted. In the next few moments, we'll be breaking down a post that we have found to be inspiring, interesting, or otherwise entertaining. Quotes that catch our eye and we feel are worth a deeper look. Thank you for stopping by. Chip Doyle teaches salespeople how to sell without sounding like a salesperson. He speaks, he coaches, he's a big believer in the Sandler sales training method. You can find him on the Twitters at Chip Sell. He's also got a good book we'll talk about in a second. Selling to Homeowners, the Sandler Way, a proven process for selling products and services to consumers in their home. Chip, I can't believe you're on the show. Thanks for hanging out with us. Larry, thanks for contacting me. It's it's my pleasure to be here. Okay, so the very first time I met you, Chip, I was trying to sell you on coming on a radio show that I was doing in my previous life. And I remember that I'd done these meetings a thousand times. I went in and gave you my pitch and I said, hey, Chip, will you please come on? And I was like, I knew at that point I was going to have to call you back in a couple of weeks and you were going to make a decision. You're like, hey, no, 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 (laughs) no, no. You're like, we're going to make a decision right now. And that gets to our quote. Your job in sales is to create moments of truth. I think that's the number one thing I've gotten from you. You're just talking truth to people in sales. Yeah, that's true. It's a, it's the lying that the prospect does to the salesperson and the lying that the salesperson does to the prospect that interferes with the ability to have a uh, you know mutually beneficial financial transaction. That's basically what we're trying to do. And I remember you saying to me, you're like, the, the one thing you want in sales is a yes or a no. Maybes are the worst thing you could right. ever get. I have seen a lot more salespeople fail by chasing and uh, um, pestering prospects that were never going to buy. I've actually never in 20, no, no, in 32 years of sales, I've never seen a salesperson fail because he got a no from a prospect. And I guess you also want the moment of truth from both sides because you don't want the other, like, hey, I'm going to be honest with you. And if you don't want to buy my product, you need to be honest with me. Like, is that something like, how do you build that rapport at the beginning? Or how do you convey that you're being truthful? Or is it just... Well, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a whole different podcast right there. Uh, But, but no, it's, that is the challenge is, uh, you know, to create that level of trust so that we can at least exchange accurate information. Uh, And of course, you know, in some of professions, the prospect thinks they're telling you the truth when they're actually not because they're not an expert in whatever your field is. So it can be, even if people trust one another, Andrew, it can be tricky uh, to get the accurate information from one another. I can say sales training. People never know what kind of sales training they're supposed to. uh, They never know what kind of curriculum is best for their salespeople. Uh, I have to go in and figure out what is going to be the ideal topics to train them on. uh, Because if I left it up to the owner or the, the manager, we would, we would get nowhere. So sometimes, you know, I, I remember sitting in your office for the very first time and I had a whole different idea of sales. Like I thought sales was a bad word and that we're working on smarmy things, but it really is just a, a transaction and you really kind of cleared it up. It's like a mutual beneficial thing for everybody involved. You know, one, one, thinking about or preparing for this, this uh, discussion today, it dawned on me that we really want to be more like a detective and less like a politician. And it's really the detective's job to find out, you know, did the suspect commit the crime? Well, in this case, should the prospect actually buy something? If the salesperson would just engage in a, you know, uh, an honorable, high integrity activity of just trying to find out the truth, um, they would do a much better job. And, And you talk about, Andrew, you talk about building trust. 
That is a great way to build trust with a prospect is not by trying to persuade them or convince them, but to really find out the truth about what's really going on. Um, it, it's, it's a good, it's a good technique for the salesperson to close a deal. And it's a good technique to put the prospect at ease. I'm curious what you think about this. So I'm an actor. I've never worked in sales and this moment of truth thing is very true in acting like some of the most iconic moments of acting or when when the actor came with a moment of truth and going into a sales meeting or pitching someone i don't think is a natural thing that you do is there any part of selling that's a performance or is that you know you know who david alger is no who's that he is the father of imp of um Oh, come on. What do you call that? Uh, the Whose line is it anyway? What oh, do you improv. call that? The, improv. He is the father of modern improvisational uh, acting. And if you look, he's got these rules uh, of how to, like, for instance, um, don't think about what you're going to say while you're listening to your partner. Uh, yeah. Never block. Uh, there's all these rules. You know, it's amazing. Sometimes I've done many classes where I've actually trained the salespeople on David Alger's rules of improvisational speaking because they totally translate. And it is, it is a lot like a performance. Uh, you know, you got to put on your hat and you need to follow those rules while you're having a conversation with somebody. But I can tell you right now, it's not about pitching. It's not about hogging all the scene. Uh, it's about a collaboration with your partner when you're up on stage. So yeah, it's definitely about being, I would imagine that an actor would have a very easy time making the, a good actor, natural, tr making the transition over to a salesperson. You know, speaking of salespeople, like you've been doing this forever, Chip, Do, is a salesperson either have it or they don't. I mean, I'm sure you can learn how to become a better salesperson. You, you don't, that's not the case. Uh, no, I, salespeople, are, uh, you know, it's all about 10,000 hours and all that thing. You know, the Beatles, when they went out to uh, Germany to, to play, they sucked. And when they came back, you know, no, this is like been documented when they came back like nine months later, because they were playing for like 20 hours a day, they were great. Uh, sales is about learning and skills. I would say most of the really highly effective sales techniques are non-intuitive. And most people that get labeled, you know, oh, Larry, you'd make a good salesperson. They're wrong. <laughs> That's not true. You'd uh, those you traits that we think of, <laughs> those traits that we think of, outgoing and the talker, and the smooth talk and all that. That's really bad for uh, consultative sales. So no, I, I think that anybody can learn. Look, I used to be an electrical engineer. My first job was designing wiring for the Corvette. See those? See that picture on the wall? That's all the Corvettes. <laughs> If an electrical engineer who used to design wiring for cars can learn to be a pretty good salesperson, I would tell you that anybody can do it if they put, you know, guitar, man, I'm, I'm working my ass off on my guitar right now and I suck, but boy, the more I play, the better I get. I like that, that engineers are historically the most socially inept people possible. So that is counterintuitive. I'm curious what you've experienced over the last six or seven months with not being able to see people in person as much. Has there been a learning curve on being able to connect with people virtually or are you just kind of waiting it out so you can meet people in person again? Oh, no, no, this is no, no, no. First of all, do not wait. Uh, this is not a time to be uh, going into hibernation. Uh, this is a time to be active and look, look at the medium that we're using right now. This is a highly effective medium um, to, to sell. And in fact, I, I got to tell you, before Zoom and before COVID, 
I closed most of my clients over the phone. I had hundreds of clients that if they'd have walked into my office, I would have never known what they looked like. Oh, wow. um, so, so I don't really think you need to be in person. I mean, certainly it would be nice. It's always better to be in person, but uh, it, it, a Zoom is a highly effective medium and, and the telephone can be. In fact, you talk about being a natural. One of the things that I was able to do was to develop my auditory skills to the point where on a telephone call, I could tell if somebody was distracted just by, I don't even know how I could tell, but I could just tell that they weren't paying attention or there was something going on. If you really hone those skills, you can be very effective on the phone and certainly on Zoom. Don't hibernate people. I'm not going to hibernate. Hey, before you leave, Chief Chip, tell us real quickly about this book you co-wrote, Selling to Homeowners the Sandler Way. Yeah, so I've trained a lot of contractors, like like thousands of salespeople that work for construction and contracting firms, remodeling companies, and um, it's a big ticket item. It's a big ticket sale, and so when it, when Sandler wanted to write a book, they asked me if I'd be interested in in contributing to the book, and ended up there was just me and one other person uh, that was willing to do it because it's a lot. It's a, definitely a labor of love, but we didn't hold back. We really wrote. All we wrote everything in the book about how to sell to a homeowner, whether it's you know, uh, real estate or remodeling or siding or roofing, uh, uh, electricians. We we basically laid out the entire map of what is to take and what are the techniques and what are the best practices and what things to avoid. Um, you know, there was a point where we were kind of considering holding a couple of the secret sauces back. And we just decided, you know what? It's a book. If they read the book, they're probably going to want to talk to us anyway. So, so I'd highly recommend selling to homeowners the Sandler way. It's a really good book. I put my heart and soul into it. I think that's really interesting. What I said about engineers being historically awkward. I think contractors, mechanics, and car salesmen are probably the least trusted. So that's like an uphill battle to be able to. Oh, is that something you came across? Contractors are yeah. And and the thing, Andrew, is that it's one thing. It's one thing to buy a car. And, and get ripped off. But man, when you let somebody into your home and you let them tear your kitchen apart down to the studs and you're hoping, cross your fingers, that they rebuild it in the next few months it's, it's, and it's going to cost $150,000, $250,000, it's a major decision for a homeowner. So there's a lot of fear. The book is Selling to Homeowners, The Sandler Way. He is Chip Doyle, the salesperson for my life. You can find him on the Twitters at Chip Sell. Chip Doyle, thank you for coming on our show. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been fun.